0: In summer 2019, some law school friends and I went to England on a study abroad trip. And while we were there, we were perusing around um, High Street in Oxford and we were uh, drinking on a rooftop pub and we were enjoying the sights and the the beautiful sights all all around Oxford, England. And a young local man uh, heard our accents and came over and uh, struck up a conversation and asked us uh, what brought us to England and uh, a little bit... um, Quickly, we responded, the buildings, we thought the architecture was very pretty in England. And to which he responded by nearly spitting out his drink and saying, buildings, you came here to look at the buildings, you've got beautiful girls and things to do in America, and you came here to look at the bloody buildings. And we, uh, we just kind of agreed and went on our way. But I think the point remains that in America, especially um, Oklahoma and Texas and this kind of area, we're not really known for beautiful architecture. Um, life is very modern and life is very easy to get around with, with, uh, roads made for cars and everything, but people don't really come here to, to admire pretty buildings the way that they would say in continental Europe or England and Ireland. But that's not quite true because Oklahoma does have some pretty buildings and some pretty architecture. And today on the America of America podcast, I would like to go over some of these buildings and some of these designs specifically the Cherokee Gothic design of the Bazell Memorial Library at the University of Oklahoma. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the America of America podcast. Uh, I'm Will Milam, and today we're going to be talking about architecture in Oklahoma. First of all, I uh, I just want to say I hope everybody's having a great morning. I hope everybody had a great weekend and everybody's ready to have a great week. Uh, I'm recording this on Sunday afternoon, so um, this is going to come out tomorrow. Uh, I've had a great weekend. I finished my my last law school final last Tuesday, so I am um, I'm hopefully done. With finals well except for the bar exam uh, for the rest of my life and uh, even better I got to bring my equipment and come back to Oklahoma City for a couple days so I get to uh, record this episode in Oklahoma City. Um, I was actually spent some time driving by a lot of the buildings that uh, that I'm going to be talking about today and getting to um, look at them with a new eye and to admire them. In fact Friday night I was driving by uh the oklahoma hall of fame which is a building that we'll be talking about on this episode and i was showing my my roommate in dallas and a couple of my friends and uh, i was getting very excited about telling them about it my roommate responded that uh i should keep my eyes on the road because i am not known as a good driver and i almost hit a curb by showing them that building so i was just uh i was just really excited to uh to share my my opinions about architecture and uh with that, let's uh, get started with the with the biz or the Bazell Memorial Library. Odds are, if you've ever seen a photograph of the University of Oklahoma's campus, the first photograph you're probably going to see is uh, Owen Field or Gaylord Memorial Stadium, which is the Oklahoma football stadium, just because uh, Oklahoma seniors football is probably the most recognizable and most famous aspect of the University of Oklahoma, but If you've actually seen one of the academic buildings, one of the buildings that you most likely have seen is something like Evans Hall, or more particularly, the Bazell Memorial Library. It's very picturesque, and it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of collegiate Gothic architecture. If you ever come across lists of the prettiest uh, college architecture buildings or the prettiest college uh, library buildings. The Bizi- the Bazell Library, or we call it the Biz, is likely on there. It's, a, it's, it's pretty well known as one of the landmark pieces of collegiate gothic. And it's also famous for more things than just its beauty and its grandiosity and its use as a research library. Uh, it also was the subject of one of the most famous civil rights cases, uh, racial civil rights cases, In United States history, especially at the Supreme Court level. And that case I'm specifically referring to is McLaurin v. Oklahoma State Board of Higher Education. And it was one of the major Supreme Court um, racial segregation cases, especially as pertains to schools, that occurred before Brown v. Board of Education, which effectively, well, legally ended racial segregation in schools, even though the implication of the the implication. Implementation, excuse me, policy uh, took a longer time than that case itself. But McLaurin happened a little bit before Brown, and it concerned um, the plaintiff McLaurin, who was a African American doctoral student at the University of Oklahoma, who came in and was at first denied admission, and then after getting admission was given separate places in all of his classrooms, was given separate places in the cafeteria, and was even assigned a separate desk in the biz. So if you walked into the biz and you walked into the great reading room, there was one corner and there was one desk where McLaurin had to sit and only he could sit there and he was segregated off from the rest of his classmates. And so it was that action that prompted the lawsuit that eventually made it to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled in McLaurin's favor, effectively ending segregation at the Biz. But if you rewind a couple decades, you'll find the foundations of the Bizelle Memorial Library. It began construction in 1927 and was finally dedicated in 1929. And this was a big deal. It was a massive building project, it was a massive library, it was a massive research library, which makes it extra important. And so a lot of state dignitaries attended, and they even got a telegram from President Hoover congratulating them on the completion of the library. One of those state dignitaries was Frank Butram, who was president of the Oklahoma Board and Regents, Board of Regents, excuse me. He was a very wealthy oil man at the time and also built one of the great uh, residences uh, in all of Oklahoma and specifically in Oklahoma City. His house would be one of the last great American revival style homes built with English Regency limestone and would give the effect of coming off more of an English country state, a limestone estate rather than say like Uh, Tudor Manor, but you know, a good limestone country English estate rather than the kinds of residences even amongst the wealthy in Oklahoma at the time. And the building was so picturesque and so regal that it would actually end up being the Oklahoma City Art Museum for a while before being converted back into a private residence. But I digress. The point being is that The men and women who attended that dedication had good taste in architecture. They they knew what they were doing. And thus, the Bazell Library became the main staple of the University of Oklahoma's campus. So much so that the famous architect Frank Lloyd Wright would even dub this to be a new style of architecture. When Frank Lloyd Wright toured the University of Oklahoma's campus, he noted that The architecture on the south side of the campus was something new. He called it Cherokee Gothic. It, in one sense, was very similar to the vernacular Gothic of collegiate Gothic architecture, but ours had something new. It had specifically Native American elements. And to give this picture of the Bizzell Memorial Library, you need to think bright red brick, stone buttressing, and green tile roof to create this new Cherokee Gothic style. A style wildly, wildly different from anything Frank Lloyd Wright would ever actually build. And also, hey, fun digression. Frank Lloyd Wright, for as prolific as he was, prolific, excuse me, actually only built one skyscraper, and that skyscraper is in Oklahoma. In fact, it's in eastern Oklahoma in Bartlesville. So if you have any interest in going and seeing Frank Lloyd Wright architecture, you can go to Bartlesville, Oklahoma and see the Price Tower, which is Frank Lloyd Wright's only skyscraper, and it looks like a Frank Lloyd Wright project. And also, what's even better is that part of the Price Tower is a hotel, so you can even stay in Frank Lloyd Wright's only skyscraper, which... I think that's a great reason if anybody wants to come visit Oklahoma. That's as good of a reason as any. So if Frank Lloyd Wright named Cherokee Gothic, who built Cherokee Gothic? Who was the guy responsible for this? Well, There was one prolific architect in Oklahoma around this time who was responsible for not only the Cherokee Gothic projects at the University of Oklahoma, but some of the most lasting architectural achievements in the entire state. And his name was Solomon Layton. Layton was born in Iowa and trained and began work as an architect in Denver, Colorado before eventually making the move to Oklahoma. Uh, Repeat listeners, you'll recognize that's a very similar trip to our good friend, uh, old Big Ann Wynn, who also trained in Leadville, Colorado and eventually made it to Oklahoma, though. She was a madam and a brothel owner and a saloon owner, whereas Mr. Layton was an architect. So built the buildings rather than ran the buildings. And after building a couple of county courthouses and buildings like that, Layton would get his big break in 1911 when he was commissioned to design the new Oklahoma State Capitol after it was moved from Guthrie to Oklahoma City. Nod, nod, wink, wink, moved. Layton originally wanted the Oklahoma State Capitol building to be domed, kind of like the federal Capitol building. But... There wasn't enough money in the budget for him to do that. But if you go to Oklahoma now, you'll see that the state capitol building does have a dome. Because in 2002, Layton's vision was realized when the dome was built on the state capitol. And on the top of that state capitol, you'll see a uh, sculpture of an Indian warrior designed by Enoch Kelly Haney, a native Oklahoma artist. It's also something that uh, you should go see if you're ever in Oklahoma City. After building the Oklahoma State Capitol building, Layton moved on to building uh, famous buildings in downtown Oklahoma City, just, you know, several blocks west. And there, Layton built two of the most famous buildings in downtown Oklahoma City, the first being the Bomb Building and the second, the Skirvan Hotel. The Bomb Building was really incredible. It was a five-story downtown building that was modeled after the Doge's Palace in Venice. Unfortunately, the bomb building was demolished in an effort to uh, plan urban renewal in downtown Oklahoma City and make its street uh, make the downtown streets wider to make it more accessible to civilians under the IMP plan of the late 70s and 80s. And if you haven't been able to tell, and this is my opinion, there's a general rule about Oklahoma City, especially with its architectural or cultural achievements, that We will build good things, good things that are meant to last, and then we will tear them down for reasons that don't actually come to be realized. Um, Unfortunately, I think that's the story with a lot of the beautiful buildings in downtown Oklahoma City, like the bomb Building. I think that that was one of the things that happened to Deep Deuce. And... This is not an original theory that I have. I actually picked it up pretty much from Sam Anderson's book, Boomtown, which is a good history of Oklahoma City, but I buy into it completely. Some uh, some of my friends and some of the people I know back here don't, but I, I think that there's a pretty good, uh, clear line of building good things in Oklahoma City and then getting rid of them when... We think that we're going to have something better in the future, and the better future doesn't really pan out, generally due to economic or natural disaster reasons or non-natural disaster reasons. But if there's anything I want to leave you with, it's that the good things that we have, we should take care to preserve. And But there is some good news, because the second downtown masterpiece of Solomon Layton is still up, and it is the Skirvan Hotel. Now, the Scriven Hotel isn't uh, like the Doge's Palace, and it's not a Sonic gothic structure. It's an art deco structure reminiscent of that early 20th century style that a lot of downtown buildings were being built in, think obviously like old New York, but it is, uh, it is a pleasant sight to see in Oklahoma City' skyline, and it's also not only one of the nicest and most historic hotels in Oklahoma, but it's also one of the most haunted. And if you need a reason to stick around for several months, I really plan on covering the Scriven Hotel's hauntings when we get to October and spooky season arrives. So that's a little teaser for that. You're not going to want to miss it. So stay tuned. The last Solomon Layton building I'm going to leave you with today is also in downtown Oklahoma City. And it survives, though not as it was originally intended to because if you remember from last week when I was giving some reflections about the Oklahoma City bombing, right next to the Alfred P. Murrah building, which was destroyed in 1995 by Timothy McVeigh, a block away was a building designed by Solomon Layton, by Solomon Layton called the Journal Record Building. And today is known as the Heritage. And part of the building now houses the Oklahoma City National Memorial Museum and is connected to the memorial. And you can still tell on its um, on its south end, you can see that it's damaged. It's, the damage has been fixed, but it's never been rebuilt. You can see the areas of the windows that have been blown away, and you can get a good feel of the damage that was done by the bombing altogether. And I want to leave you with a mural that's on the south side of that building. And if you walk down... Robinson Avenue in downtown Oklahoma City. You can actually read this from the street and it refers to the bombing and it reads, we search for the truth. We seek justice. The courts require it. The victims cry for it and God demands it. In that one mural we have together, stone that was put together by one of Oklahoma's foremost architects. We have a living witness to one of the great tragedies of American history. And we also have the resilience and the faith of the people of Oklahoma to seek justice through this act of grievous terror and violence. And ladies and gentlemen, that's where I'm going to leave you today on the concept of Cherokee Gothic architecture and Solomon Layton. Uh, a bit of housekeeping, as always, uh, feel free to send any comments uh, ideas, corrections, anything like that to chautauquareview at gmail.com. Um, I know that we have a lot of listeners in uh, in India, which is currently being ravaged by the COVID pandemic. And um, if any of you are listening from India, please know that you're you're in our prayers and you're in our thoughts. And we, we hope that uh, some international cooperation can lead to some solutions as soon as possible. Um, in other news, uh, I've been listening to Dust Bowl Dance by Mumford & Sons while reading Benjamin Myers's Black Sunday Poems, which is a collection of poems about individuals living in the Dust Bowl in Oklahoma, as well as obviously the great Mumford & Sons songs from their first album, which is, I'm pretty sure is about the Dust Bowl in the United States. I'm not actually sure. I haven't really looked it up. But when I listen to it, I really get vibes of Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, maybe some Colorado and Kansas. Uh, Dust Bowl area, so I think that that's a great combination to if you want to get the vibe for uh, the way that people were living in the Dust Bowl area era. Um, and you can find uh, Benjamin Myers, who is professor at Oklahoma Baptist University. Uh, you can find collections of his poems and online. And I believe they also sell his uh, his poems at Full Circle Bookstore in uh, Oklahoma City. And he's obviously a great poet. He was at one point Poet Laureate of the state of Oklahoma. And I think that you'll uh, get a lot if you enjoyed that episode about Okies. I think you'll get a lot out of reading this particular collection of poetry. And also, I think that it'll give you an opportunity to re-examine an old good Mumford & Sons song. So with that, uh, we're going to end the episode there. As always, I'm extremely thankful to my friends, Jester droy for helping me out with uh with the research, and this week uh, I actually got a lot of help from another friend, Liam Kelly, who's an architecture student at the University of Oklahoma. And his uh, uh, a lot of students in his class were able to send me some good research on the concepts of Cherokee Gothic and what Frank Lloyd Wright about what Frank Lloyd Wright thought about the architecture at the University of Oklahoma, and obviously some of the architectural projects that Frank Lloyd Wright built in the state of Oklahoma, especially the Price Tower in Bartlesville. So with that, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode and we will see you next week. And as always, I'm Will Milam. Thanks for listening.